0: Hello, welcome back to Out of Our Heads, a pop culture podcast from the minds of Joe Bortner and Boston, Massachusetts's own kingpin of crime, Nick Protopapis.
1: Uh Yeah. Hey, guys. Hey, everyone. It's you. It's, it's me, your local crime boss. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people look at me and they say, he's a bad guy. He, you know, he kills people. He's outside of the law. But really what I'm going for here is absolute power. And when I do have mm-hmm. absolute power, you might think, oh... It'll corrupt. Absolutely. But no, what's actually going to happen is I'm going to I'm just going to be dictator and then I'll impose all my, my goodwill upon the people. All
0: oh, right. I was like I was thinking of going to like uh, the, the, the politicians to see if they could sort of help with this crime boss problem. But then I remembered that you've got them in your pocket. Yeah, really.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's no point, really. Um, who are you going to call? <laughs> who are you going to who you, who's going to who's going to pass the laws that make me go away? The Senate? I, I am the Senate. There yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what this was all leading up to, huh?
0: Yeah. Um.
1: <laughs> I guess, okay, here's some things I would do if I was dictator. Oh, Not that God. I am or will be or anything like that. But if I was, geez, actually now this, the possibilities are endless. I, what I usually say is that I would make a lot of parks and then put a lot of big, big trees. You know what I mean? Like by big, big trees, mm-hmm. like big trees. Um, and then I'd like create like a road system above ground among the trees, like bridges. And then we'd have this like upper like society, not society, but like another level. You know how you can sort of go underground and on ground and on bridges.
0: Sort of, sort of an indoor situation.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except like you could get to place, you could walk to places faster. You know, by being on the like only humans walking on the on the bridges between trees. Yeah. I guess, you know, I guess a better idea of that, you know, I'm still working this out because I haven't quite become dictator yet, is putting a lot of stuff underground and then letting people walk on the ground. You know? Right. Okay. (laughs) Like, what if a lot or all the roads were underground?
0: I sort of like your your architecture sense here. Vaguely post-apocalyptic.
1: Well, what would happen if all the driving is underground, it would discourage people from driving. And the buses wouldn't be, I guess. Because it would mm-hmm. be so depressing to drive. you know what I mean? Like you'd be underground, right? yeah, you see what I'm saying. <laughs> and so you'd be encouraged to like take a bus or like maybe carpooling would be like I don't know, you know you know what I mean and then like right
0: sort of this is the way that we solve climate change
1: yeah, that that, that would be one of the benefits just like stopping driving and also I don't like driving aesthetically. that's kind of my thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have a really like, aesthetic dictatorship going like i'm really concerned about the aesthetic and not much else like crime is okay mm-hmm. as long as it's by me nicely and neatly um
0: this is like um you know uh, uh oof, a few months ago a few months ago people people thought that kim jong-un had died uh oh, really? and they were like oh yeah his uh his sister is next in line and everybody's like mm, his sister's kind of hot
1: <laughs> what and can we not <laughs> what's going on that was a big <laughs> subject change how, how is that related
0: i was just like sort of aesthetics of dictatorship.
1: oh oh i was just really confused i was like joe that's someone like you to bring up hot <laughs> potential <laughs> political figures
0: no way for
1: no reason <laughs> oh man
0: yeah can i edit that out
1: no don't it's so beautiful <laughs> I really like it. <laughs> right, I think that that's enough of me di- being dictator. Um, yeah. Uh,
0: how are you in regular Nick Land? <laughs>
1: um, I'm I'm good. I I really have been bogged down to the point of really not doing much. Um, I sort of just like walk around to different like rooms of my house and like also outside, and like mm-hmm. I, I do that like a lot while I'm doing like one thing. Like if I'm listening to a podcast, I like sit in one room for twenty minutes and sit in another, and that like keeps me sane i guess
0: yeah i mean you have a nice house for like sitting in places
1: that is true but it's more about being bored with the place you're in than anything else you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like you get bored of pretty much anything so i keep, i keep it fresh anyways it's nice uh... (laughs) so you can go outside
0: yeah definitely um i actually tried something interesting yesterday uh my, my brother encouraged this uh ben um going outside. And sort of well <laughs> what I did was I was like, okay, I'm just uh not going to use technology today. Uh and I got a lot of reading done. Um and I felt good about that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Reading's good for making you feel smart, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think that sort of thing is something I want to do at least like, you know, maybe once a month uh, maybe twice a month. Um just cuz I I honestly cannot remember the last time in my life, when I went a whole day without like checking my phone,
1: <laughs> mm. Damn. um, crazy,
0: or like probably when I was pretty young, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, prior to having a phone, um, but it's definitely it. I I think it it clears your mind and it also sort of draws your attention toward, um. Sort of the 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 day lasts longer, if that makes sense.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. I I tend when I do something like that, it's it's usually I don't know. I feel better in general. Mm-hmm. Just more like I'm living. But yeah. But I I, I also tend to do that. I think
0: that was good because it 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 also kept me off of Twitter, which is a a horrible horrible website.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> Twitter is evil. You know it's not evil? What? Um I don't know Spotify, I guess. Is that's where we're on Spotify also, right?
0: Uh I guess we are on Spotify. Yeah. Um
1: and also I don't
0: iTunes. I don't really know <laughs> if I
1: also iTunes. <laughs> I don't
0: think <laughs> they pay yeah. their artists very well.
1: Really? Yeah. Well, it's too late. But I, I guess I don't know. I'm not sure. I would would you be concerned if you were a dictator about that sort of thing?
0: I would try my best to not be in a situation where i was dictator i prefer zero dictators
1: yeah right but you're the dictator so it's not a big deal you know okay (laughs) how about co dictators how do you feel about co-dictators is that a little bit better
0: me and you yeah i think i think together nick we could we could fix this place
1: (laughs) we could we could you know check and balance each other Mm. pretty well
0: yeah i think we could sort of um balance out the other's worst impulses
1: yeah you would you would go for you know for actual nice reform and like think about it and i would make sure it's aesthetically pleasing along the way (laughs) yeah um yeah do you want to talk about things yeah Yeah. do you want to go first (laughs) okay uh yeah i'm gonna go and talk about movies because i all i do is watch movies um so reading sounds fun for you for for a big nerd so maybe you'll talk Mm -hmm. about a book but i've been watching movies and uh one movie that I liked a lot was uh, Mission Impossible, which I've never seen, and I've been meaning to see for like a year. Um, We're
0: and, talking about the, the first one here, right?
1: Yeah, Mission, colon, Impossible, uh, which is kind of stupid if you think about it, but I guess, okay, I don't really know anything about the history of this movie, to be completely honest with you, but your brother does, and it, it, it was a TV show for a long time, in the 60s. Yeah
0: in, like, yeah, in the 60s.
1: And then it was another TV show, a little bit later
0: i guess uh i didn't know about that
1: yeah it was like a re- revived of that revived tv show and then mm-hmm. it, and then it was a movie from the 90s with like a pretty much entirely new cast and tom cruise appears um that's that's me guessing about the, the history of this movie uh but i and then one of the characters in the movie is from the tv show but he actually turns out to be the bad guy in the movie and that, that just seems like a very bold choice um, huh right isn't that kind of awesome like if you yeah, card. it's
0: pretty crazy. I yeah. wasn't I wasn't aware of that.
1: Yeah, uh, so this movie starts off, and it's you know it's a team of elite agents, and uh, they uh, they're going on a mission, and then something goes terribly wrong on their mission to to secure the the secret agents. I'm not sure if it's the FBI, the secret agents' identities of like everyone ever, not just them. Um, and they they try, and they get they get tricked, and basically everyone on his team gets dead except for Tom Cruise, um, and he goes back to the base, and he's all shooken up he's uh man i'm using a lot of not real words right now but <laughs> he, he comes back to the base and he's like oh man what a mistake and uh yeah from there you're sort of trying to figure out hey why did that go wrong who's the mole in the operation that you know they they, they throw in the seed of a mole early on and um there's that going on and then you know some of the characters who are supposedly dead sort of show up again and you're like oh who do i trust like this hot lady seems pretty ignorant to be an agent Uh, do i trust her at all why is she in this movie um things like that and then um it kind of goes on and the rest of the movie is like oh you know tom hanks puts together a ragtag crew to like go and get the files anyways and beat the bad guy to them even though his agency thinks he's the mole and he's like an agent on the run that kind of thing you 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 know you've seen it Mm -hmm. a million times um and this is very much an action movie and you you know the music the music is how's it go again I am, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I actually don't remember. I, I have a lot of trouble remembering it. I sort of, I sort of go into singing it, and then it becomes the Incredibles theme song. But, um, you know, it, and it's great.
0: I, I think, I think our audience is well aware of how the Mission Impossible theme music sounds.
1: Yeah, our audience, or literally anyone ever, right, I guess, except for me. I don't know I have this issue but it's an action movie it's a it's very much an action movie don't worry about the plot too much it's sort of what's what's going in my head all the time Um, it's a little bit twisty of a plot if you're watching with a friend which I was I kind of missed probably some of the important beats and there's just so many twists that it's like almost impossible to know what's going on Uh, but that's sort of the fun you get sort of lost in this mess of like just cool action and the music sort of hypes you up big time Um, and they have this cool intro where like he lights a match this is probably from the tv show I'm not really sure lights a match and the music plays and like cuts up to a bunch of different scenes and it has that classic uh you know you know the classic like in the middle of the movie there's that classic like he's tom cruise hanging from the ceiling i've never seen this movie that's why i'm so excited um i'm sure many Mm -hmm. many people have Uh, but he's like hanging from the ceiling he's supposed to be quiet and like what you know that's just a very cool like idea and so usually i'm not that into like not that much plot but like just action movies you know what i mean like without much character but, like, this movie defies that by just being so cool and, like, having such cool music. And, um, yeah, it's just a wild ride. Like, I was con- – I, Joe, I was almost uh, – yeah, I was almost as good as watching Frozen 2. That's how many twists and fun, like, things were happening <laughs> without without much explanation. It's actually very similar to Frozen 2 to me. Um, and then you sort of wow. – you, you watch that famous one where it's hanging from the ceiling. and You're like, oh, that was the tensest scene ever. I bet they can't top that in the final act because I don't know anything else iconic for Mission Impossible. And uh, I'm just going to spoil it because I don't really care. Then Mm -hmm. a helicopter is chasing them on a train and he's having a fight on the train. And then there's a tunnel coming and then the helicopter flies into the tunnel after them. (laughs) Isn't that incredible? I was shocked. That is
0: incredible. I was shocked. I I have not seen the first Mission Impossible, but I'm a big fan of uh, uh, Rogue Nation and also I think it's Fallout, which is the most recent one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, I've... Which are the two that I've been like, you know, conscious of these movies to see in theaters, uh, and I've always just really enjoyed that experience. Uh, they, don't they're tell so me. fun to to watch in in just like that setting. Yeah, uh, I can't just, wait like, for sort of...
1: the effects to get better. Just don't tell me anything about the action. That's all because I'm mm-hmm. just so I'm so excited to watch the rest of them. And I hear they're all like pretty oh, yeah. good, decent, which is just such an exciting thing. to Yeah, about
0: yeah. I mean, I, th- I think they all have the same core appeal of just like it's it's really cool action stuff with uh you know i wouldn't say tom Cruise is our friend that
1: guy's pretty weird but uh you know he he's uh <laughs> he is a little weird
0: <laughs> he's uh he's
1: there <laughs> yeah scientology racked his brain a little i guess he does his mm-hmm. own stunts i don't really know what that means for the first movie because that that helicopter is definitely not real but and i don't think he was on a train but i guess later he does his own stunts I don't he know. does a lot of them <laughs> Uh, I guess, like, stunt work in movies makes sense. But, like, I've heard about the crazier, more recent stuff. Um, yeah. So I'm pretty pretty hyped about Mission, colon, and Impossible. Um, and I'm probably going to watch the rest of them and then maybe tell you about it also. But I might just have the same feelings.
0: Yeah, dope. Uh, I'd actually be interested in, like, talking about a Mission Impossible movie or something on the podcast at some point.
1: Yeah. It's it's oh. equal to Frozen 2. That's sort of my... my like, <laughs> most simplistic review is like mission colon impossible equals frozen two
0: right that's not a ringing endorsement from me uh but i think you can enjoy that
1: oh i i can and i will <laughs> du, 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 du. that's not how it goes is it yeah that's do, not do, how it goes do, du, 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 du. is that incredibles
0: it's, yeah neither <laughs> of those were the mission impossible theme
1: song the second one was <laughs> the incredibles how does it how does it go joe come on help me out i really can't remember Oh boy. Um. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Wow, it just van- ooh, I had it
0: and it just vanished from my brain. Really? It's like do
1: do 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 do. No. No, that's not right either. It's,
0: yeah, it's sort of like that.
1: Dude, it's like the catchiest song ever. I don't know how I can't remember <laughs>
0: it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, that's Incredibles again. you, I, I you had remember. it. you had <laughs> it. I did the Incredibles part over it. as sort of a combo. <laughs> All right, that was a mistake. Wow.
0: This will go down as one of the the strangest out of our heads episodes yet we are so out of practice that's fine
1: hey um do you have a book for me or something you big nerd uh
0: yeah i mean it's it's more of a comic it i mean it is a comic yeah, that's, um you know that's, that's even a, nerdier right yeah yeah i'm just a big old nerd you big um, nerd so I, th- I think a few episodes ago i talked about daredevil man without fear which is the first chronologically um thing that frank miller does with daredevil but actually the 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 last that came out in real life um because that story is an origin story that he did after his other daredevil work and what i did the last week was i went through and i read all of that um which happens mostly in sequence uh with like a few revisits later on um but largely the stories i think stand on their own um and so these are really cool uh you know i don't want to endorse frank miller as a person uh because he's a really weird guy uh (laughs) but um you know his uh sort of what you see with uh with his daredevil stuff is um kind of this interesting growth as a creator that he goes through especially in like the first run of like i think it's about 20 issues uh and so that's where you see a lot of like the important daredevil mythology introduced like you have the hand ninjas uh Elektra's there uh stick is first introduced uh you know foggy's actually not in it much but he was a character beforehand uh the kingpin is brought in as, ah. a, as like a, a daredevil villain uh, originally he was like friend a spider-man and guy
1: yeah friend and <laughs> oh yeah and the kingpin um <laughs> close personal friend as you were Sorry. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah and sort of what i find interesting about that run um there's like some sort of interesting thematics that he does uh, with um, kind of the way he's exploring Daredevil's powers working. Uh, there's an assertion that uh, Stick makes at one point uh, where he's like, yeah, you're, you're the radiation that uh, you had when, um, you know, you, saved save the old man, uh, you know, in the Daredevil origin, um, you know, that actually went away uh and what happened was the reason you have uh these enhanced senses is because you're just tapping into something that everybody can do but nobody pays enough attention to uh and that was sort of interesting to me and i think plays into a kind of individualist message that is um at least at the heart of like that first chunk of daredevil that he wrote um andrew um because there's this other there's a lot of other subplots about Matt learning to be independent uh early on Electra shows up uh and she eventually dies later she comes back to life but that doesn't matter yet um <laughs> and uh <laughs> Taking um
1: all the fun out of a story with Joe Border.
0: Yeah, uh and and you know sort of the interesting thing about that is is a lot of the narrative is framed around okay, Matt has to learn to get over her not just for his like own emotional well-being but also because it is inhibiting him to have those attachments um, and that that's I think I might be simplifying it a little bit but I, and it's not a message I necessarily like always agree with uh, but it's like sort of interesting uh, how it plays out um, and especially like uh, I want to go back to what I was saying earlier uh, about the art is that Miller does, like, this really interesting thing on a lot of the pages, um, especially once he hits his groove, um, where he'll have, like, one big vertical panel, and then a bunch of horizontal panels to the right or the left of that, and the vertical panel will contextualize the rest of the page, either with, like, an action or an emotion or a setting, Um, and that's really interesting to me um, as a technique. and sometimes he flips that uh by using like a double page spread um and using a horizontal panel um you know uh i also read uh born again which is like one of his big daredevil stories that he does with david Mazzucchelli. uh who i've actually talked about on the podcast before with mysterious polyp um and i think the thing about born again um is that i'm not the biggest fan of the actual story going on but the art is just incredible uh <laughs> And that kind of makes me forgive a lot of the, the narrative flaws uh at play there. Hmm. Nice. I don't know. I, I I think these are these are stories worth checking out. Um uh we have a friend who I think has the the like uh big hardcover of them, uh Remy. So
1: No, I wait. Re- oh yeah, you're right. Remy does have that. Yeah. That's where I got mine also. Oh, because he accidentally ordered two or something crazy like that of those ginormous hardcovers yeah anyways
0: wow that's wild
1: i know isn't that a fun little story yeah yeah (laughs) i respect that yeah it's yeah uh,
0: they're they're definitely um they're definitely worth checking out
1: cool maybe i already have that might be true uh like a really long (laughs) time ago but maybe i will again i don't know
0: yeah uh you know they're not I don't think they're stories I love. They're not my favorite Daredevil interpretations, um, but they are like integral to like the, the formation of the character and also so also, also they're just interesting to analyze on their own as as statements. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. Shall we move on to the main event?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Okay. Uh, Today, Nick, we're talking about uh, Loving Vincent, which is a sort of animated movie. Uh, (laughs) And I say sort of, we'll get into that later. Uh, It came out a few years ago. Uh, Before we go any further, I want to point out that, you know, the movie has suicide as a prominent plot point. So like, if you don't want to, like, it's not, I don't think we'll get too much into that. But I, I think, you know, if you're not interested in hearing about that, you can stop listening now. Um, you know, so so anyway, uh, Saoirse Ronan is is in this movie, uh, and I want to point out that we just can't seem to Wait, stop she doing Saoirse. Search-
1: yeah, she is. Is she the lady I love so much in the coffee shop? <laughs> I think she must be. Oh my god! I was going to talk about how much I loved her. This is incredible. <laughs> she was
0: so charming. oh wow. All right, Joe. Wait. Let me let me double check that.
1: There's no way she's anyone else. Come now, there, there was no other female characters except for that boring one. That that wasn't our girl. Uh, yeah, she definitely is that lady. So let me let me tell you guys about her while Joe looks that up. Um, she no, is... she's not.
0: She's uh, I think she's the boring one. What? Or the one that you didn't like?
1: That's incredible. So who's the interesting good one?
0: Uh, Adeline Raveau. Wow.
1: All right. Well everything i said about love i take it back
0: oh sorry that's the character's name she's played by eleanor tomlinson okay
1: we were young we didn't know what we were doing uh, love was the wrong word i'm sorry yeah um <laughs> but i was going
0: to point out we, we can't stop doing Sir ronan movies uh even though we did i watched the version of Arietti that did not have Sir ronan in it unfortunately <laughs> huh
1: yeah how do we know her again who is she I don't remember, remember. Uh, she's
0: in a bunch of stuff man she was in Little Women
1: I didn't see that <sighs> you gotta see Little Stop. Women I hate it when you tell me to to, to... oh you gotta see Little Women Little Women has literally been like a story for about a bajillion years Joe <laughs> and you only got around to watching the movie whenever like shut up alright <laughs> yeah when it came out <laughs> What I mean is it was already little women and you were not like, oh you gotta read it like oh they're, they're. Well yeah,
0: because this movie is better than the book.
1: You get my point, sir. <laughs> You're you know you know you know exactly what I mean with your This is a
0: podcast about uh, loving Vincent. Uh
1: <laughs> Hula Baloo. you gotta see little women. Get out of here, little women. Come on.
0: <laughs> yeah, so the um the main gimmick of this movie, uh I I don't know if it would be appropriate to call a gimmick, but it is a it is the main feature. Um, is it is a movie that is I believe rotoscoped, but also entirely made animated with uh, oil painting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of I think you know the 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 charm and sort of the the interesting parts of the movie come from that aspect. Yeah, um, definitely the. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think if this were not oil painted, then it wouldn't be nearly as interesting.
1: I probably wouldn't have watched it. It would have been something like my parents are watching on like a Saturday night when I stumble come yeah. coming home and they're like I'm like what are you watching? They're like <laughs> oh it's really interesting. It's called Loving Vincent. and I'd be like yeah whatever. And then mm-hmm. I go to bed. Um,
0: yeah, I mean the so the main bit of this is that we have our uh, our main guy uh, Armand. Um, and he uh, is our, our point of view character, and he has to deliver a letter to Vincent Van Gogh's brother, because uh, um, Vincent Van Gogh has uh, had died about a year prior to the story. Um, and this takes him on a wild adventure where he has to talk to a bunch of people and sort of find out the context behind uh, Vincent's death. Um,
1: yeah, it's a little bit like a sort of investigative movie, like what actually happened Yeah, and, like, yeah you kind of get it
0: strikes me as um it struck me as like sort of you know a movie about a journalist even though like you know obviously that's not actually armand's career uh (laughs) but like that's very much the role he's playing
1: uh yeah and it's sort of you know what happens is that you get twisted up in like different villagers perspective it's a lot of like he said she said kind of mystery where it's like not Mm -hmm. really a mystery as much as it is like One person says something about another person, you go and ask that other person, they have a different story. And yeah, he kind of pieces it together slowly. And so what you get is like very vague and very biased, like flashbacks, um, and then you can sort of put it together eventually.
0: Yeah. And a lot of it revolves around sort of Armand eventually becoming convinced that uh, someone has has murdered Vincent. uh, And then, you know, eventually he comes to the conclusion that this was not the case yeah Uh, and sometimes people just sort of (laughs) you know are sad
1: yeah i mean i think that's actually a really cool idea in the movie um and i I think probably applicable i mean i don't want to say applicable because this has obviously never happened to me but like I, i feel as though there's you know some romanticizing people who are dead especially like you know in this case a you know genius and like a historic figure and like trying to make a big thing or not a big thing, make a basically a murder investigation out of um, something that was far more personal. And like, I guess looking too much into it in a way.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think on the other end, there's like also, I think in, in media that discusses suicide, like we, we see sort of sometimes a romanticization, uh, romanticization of it. Like think of like 13 reasons why, yeah. for example, I don't think this really does that. I'm open to being wrong
1: on that. but I think it does the opposite, right? I mean, yeah. it's sort of, you know, the guy, what's that, I forgot his name. The, the guy.
0: <laughs> Armand. <laughs> yeah,
1: It's funny. I'm not sure if those are like, you know, these characters are all like paintings that I've seen, but like, I'm really not sure like if those, if their relations are true and that sort of thing. I'm not sure what, to what extent the, you know what I mean? Like the characters in the story are the characters. Yeah, I think in real a life? decent
0: amount of it is historical fiction. Um, you know, again, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that.
1: Yeah, it was funny because I remembered that um, his dad, Vince, no, the the yellow guy, what's his name, Armand. Yeah, <laughs> I remembered that his dad. He wears a yellow jacket. To be clear. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, he mentions he mentions his dad as the the male master or something. You know, whatever that word is. Yeah, and I I had remembered that painting. And then I like it was a cool moment to like see see his dad later in the movie as the painting person, the person. Yeah,
0: there are a lot of um you know, I don't know what Vincent Van Gogh historians think of this film, uh but there are a lot of little references to his work that I think
1: Oh almost everything.
0: People like yeah, uh I every like setting like that or like
1: character. Almost every, at least I mean I'm not really sure, but like I saw a lot of dings in my head and I don't really know that much about him or his work. Yeah. I, I sort of jumped to the assumption that almost everything, all the settings are, are real life settings, especially since he he did I looked it up, he did die in that village and that's where he did a lot of his paintings. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that a lot of the locations were you know, actual paintings.
0: Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um you know, the the other I I think I I do want to talk about like the craft of it a bit more. Um I I really like the aspect of this film that is that you can clearly see that this is, like, a thing that was made. Which I I don't think is a vibe you get from a lot of other animated movies.
1: Yeah, definitely. You sort of get lost in Like, there
0: are... You can see the paint.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you you never... You sort of never lose sight of that. You're always Mm -hmm. watching this movie, and you're like, wow, that looks great. Um, Yeah. And, like, the lines... Someone made this. Yeah, the lines on the faces are constantly moving, so it's... I don't want to say distracting in a bad way, but you're constantly aware of, like this is a work of art if that makes sense Um, yeah yeah which is so cool
0: yeah i think um you know it's sort of something that can either draw you into the film or pull you out of it i think for me it was a very much like it was something that that pulled me into the film and made me more interested um you know i i think i said earlier not that i think that this film is like terribly interesting if you take that element away yeah uh, but it's, you know uh
1: we do a lot of that don't we i feel mm. like every movie we watch <laughs> is like well it was aesthetically really nice but the plot was almost non-existent it's like you know we like, I don't know if that's a... <laughs> we like plot i like plot you know i think plots usually important we just somehow always pick movies that are like very like <laughs> i guess it's because we do animated stuff and like i don't know okay
0: i, I think uh I mean, I, I think we tend to talk about... the uh, Frozen 2, for example, is the one that I'm thinking of because you mentioned earlier. That is a movie that is aesthetically very appealing, but it's also m- sort of a mess, even if I appreciate a lot of its thematics. It well, was a little different. Um, I was thinking of,
1: like, Arietti and, like, geez, a couple other things, like the, the Breadwinner maybe also. No, not that. Um, Kells, I guess. I know you
0: didn't yeah, like the, the So we, we've, we did... Uh... <laughs> This is something I reference on the podcast occasionally. Um, we, We've done a couple episodes that never made it to air uh, because we weren't satisfied with them.
1: Oh, sh- um, yeah, sorry.
0: So, and we did episodes on both The Breadwinner and on Kells. Which both um, didn't, okay. You know, uh, Kells is a movie that I <laughs> despise. Wow.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, I forgot about that. Not to, sorry to anger you, Joe. <laughs> I, I remembered we referenced it a different time. So I thought... I thought that was, I forgot, but yeah. we do pick no, a lot no, it's of movies. Okay. it's not a secret. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a secret of Kel's. Uh We pick a lot of movies that are like, they look really cool on the poster. Maybe we're too poster oriented. What do you think? <laughs> I have no idea.
0: I think, I think the breadwinner has, you know, a fair amount going forward in terms of how the plot works. Um, you know, I, I think, I don't know. Um, yes you know Arieti Ari- also i'll i will also go to bat for um in I terms know, of but, like its, its
1: theme uh, but the plot there's no plot get out of here there's a bit get out of here yeah a bit every movie has to, know, to have a bit it's of mainly a plot about, it's almost it's impossible mainly to, have, about, I'm to have no no plot come on <laughs> yeah um that being said this movie is so nice to look at um and it, it's you know i can't just say that and be like well uh, the story's not good like the story is good it's just that the visuals are so like the thing that makes you go wow in this movie like <laughs> like that's that's what i'm going to be talking about when i'm talking about this movie is how goddamn gorgeous it looks um yeah and that's what sort of draws you in like it's a joe if there was no words in this movie there's just like some like nice music in the background i could have still watched this movie does that make sense
0: yeah yeah I, I think
1: i agree that's how nice the aesthetics are in this movie um that being said it's that makes it easy to watch and then you're sort of just like along for the investigation um which is not bad at all and like i think also engaging like Mm -hmm. that's not the pull of the movie that's not the pitch but like it's there and i love it yeah and i like that i like that the the visuals are sort of celebrating his life and like kind of hanging on to it in the same way that because like obviously someone just animated this like not that long like a few years ago you know what i mean so sort of, like, his work gets to live on, mm-hmm. but also, like, the obsession with Vincent. Like, even though even though his work is so, so beautiful, the plot is is just kind of a suicide.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I am drawn to films that are about obsession in some way. Um, you know, and, and that's sort of one of the more interesting threads of this to me, um, because it becomes about both sort of the the process of creating art but also you know armand's literal obsession with uncovering like the truth about um vincent's death yeah
1: uh
0: you know armand himself is is a little bit of a blank slate not you know to an egregious degree but he's he's a nick carraway type uh you know he's he's an audience point of view character he adores the actual focal character uh he's generally unflawed
1: right yeah i would agree with those statements
0: yeah yeah
1: oh there's one more thing <laughs> i have to i definitely have to talk about that lady because there's one lady that he like stays at her in for a while and she mm-hmm. she's sort of a lot of the initiating the gossip or initiating his investigation in a way she is just so goddamn charming everything she did was amazing <laughs> like everything she said and did i was like wow this is great acting it's so good i was like this acting is so good and like I just loved it. And like, she was a painting and her voice, everything was wonderful. That was just another bonus. That's when like, when everything comes together, like the acting and the music and the visuals like that, this movie is just like better than maybe anything I've seen only in those moments. But like, you know, Mm -hmm. like in terms of, yeah,
0: there are, there are moments where it becomes really transcendent in that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that's the thing you can most commend it for.
1: Yeah, for sure um it's definitely like yeah. it's definitely just like a very special movie and i think that if you get a chance you want to watch it
0: yeah i i think i was overall less charmed by it than you were but uh i still want to like say that you know um there are there are a lot of fun side characters uh is is you know something i want to touch upon uh i'm a big fan of uh dr Mazary, who's this very eccentric doctor uh who's convinced that vis- that vincent couldn't have shot himself uh because of the angle of his wound uh and he has a lot of like fun sort of character interplay uh in like one particular scene
1: yeah yeah and uh i actually like the other doctor um who's sort of a a prime suspect who's a little bit jealous of vincent vincent's work i thought that was interesting oh yeah just like a different perspective on sort of an idolized figure you know Mm -hmm. like being a little bit jealous of him I i like that yeah I like, anyway
0: so yeah. i think i think i think wrapping up i i i will say nick um you know uh loving vincent is a better movie than secret of kells
1: <laughs> yeah i i would agree with that statement actually i'm glad <laughs> I'm glad we can find something to agree on joe um, yeah i'm glad <laughs> yeah it's such a it's such so pretty i'm gonna i'm definitely gonna watch it again in my life that's how like it's mm-hmm. just just to watch it it's so nice
0: yeah i i think um even though I wasn't the most positive on it, I I, I do want to rewatch it at some point.
1: Yeah, just it's like in his, I, I in his paintings, a like there. there's all these like you know the dashes and like you know, what do you call it when you you know put different colors next to each other and then far away they blend. You know Dolly's mm-hmm. favorite soup. Um, like there's all that, but like because it's moving, because it's animated, it's a whole like it's a whole different thing, and like they don't mess it up. I guess is one thing you could say. Um, yeah, it's just. It's
0: just really, 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 really nice. Like, the, the, uh, the illusion of how this works has never
1: broken. Yeah. I mean, imagine, like, you in the audience. Imagine a Starry Night, and then imagine it's moving. Like, that's awesome. Like, you can't mm-hmm. say that's not awesome. It's awesome. I
0: think there's one that I would I would have definitely wanted to have seen in theaters.
1: Oh. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, in a museum. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, but I was pretty excited about it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, shall we move on? Yes, let's. Okay. let's oh. Uh,
0: today, Nick, uh, as we do every week, uh, I've returned to you, uh, to the land of living to talk about a Breaking Bad update.
1: Whoa! Nice.
0: My my update actually for this uh for this week is that i finished the show
1: wow incredible joe may i applaud you and may i say welcome brethren
0: yeah um i also watched the spin-off slash sequel movie el camino uh which i really like um you know one thing that is interesting about that film uh is that not a lot happens (laughs) and yet you are engaged
1: (laughs) yeah you don't think a lot happens
0: I think it's getting us from you know point A to point B with uh, with what happens to Jesse after the show. Um, you know he he has some he has some adventures um, and I, I think we learn a lot about Jesse the character, uh, but like really there's not or, or sorry we don't learn a lot about him but but we come to a lot of conclusions about him. I think would be a better way of phrasing that. Hmm.
1: Okay. Um,
0: but I, I don't know if there's a bunch of major turns and action that happen in the film, which is largely a result of it being a coda.
1: Yeah. But I think it works so well as a coda, which I've not seen that many times in like any other franchise or anything. But like this, this is such a perfect, like, I think I talked about it when I talked about it on the podcast, but it's such a perfect like afterthought, but like an afterthought you sort of need just to like have clarity, I guess.
0: Mm -hmm. I was, I was saying um, when I was talking to a friend about the film earlier, um it feels essential to me in a way that i think i don't know i don't know if it would um for someone who had seen these as they were coming out but i i i could be wrong about that
1: yeah i, I don't know uh, i mean i obviously wasn't one of those people um yeah but uh, el camino is cool i mean what do you think of the show overall
0: uh i really like it um i think there it's not my favorite thing. Um, Not for like any particular identifiable reason. Uh, like, you know, I, 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 really enjoy it. Um I'm sort of interested in how season five takes a, a pretty sharp turn into being a heist show for a while. Uh,
1: a <laughs> little bit, a little bit with the train heist.
0: Yeah. Train heist I mean, is the, thing so about, cool. <laughs> the thing about season five, that's interesting to me is that even though we have the coda of El Camino that came out years later, Season five itself reads as an epilogue to the show,
1: in a way. Yeah, I mean it's definitely you know like always. Breaking Bad is very character focused, so even though the the circumstance changed so much that it feels like a different show, like even though like the big bad has been ended, like Walt's uh, you know arc hasn't finished, and so the show can't. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, what you have in seasons two through four, um, is uh, you know, you have this. Big intellectual mat- battle between the, these two uh, great geniuses, Gus Fring and Walter White. Um, and I think season five does a lot of work um, to sort of deconstruct the idea of Walter White <laughs> um, as like you know a, a as a genius. <laughs> yeah, because um, like obviously he's very intellectually smart and he knows a lot, um, but he he. Is so clearly a villain by the end of the show. Yeah, um, and perhaps I'm putting this in like two generic terms, but like that—that's no, sort that's of how fair. I feel.
1: Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely fair. It's it's funny because within fans of the show, you always get people who sort of idolize him in a way, yeah, which is so weird. And I'm glad that that, like you said, it sort of takes time to like show. I mean, it's always showing his flaws, but like even more in the last season, you know what I mean? Like there's not even someone he's up against. You, you know what I mean? It's sort of himself in a lot of mm-hmm. ways um yeah like the the conflict sort of ends up and like the 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 bad guys aren't even that like big or like bad like it's you can tell it's just the circumstance that he's created for himself um
0: yeah i mean like one of the major steps in season five that he takes at a certain point is like oh well uh now he's working with nazis and that's just like not a big deal to him
1: right exactly i always i kind of think of it like um I guess that's just stupid by the fans. Not to get off subject, but it's interesting to me. Uh, you get that a lot. And you also get like a lot of hate for Skylar. You know about yeah. that, right? What a ridiculous! Yeah, I've
0: heard about that. She's such a reasonable
1: character. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like it's it's actually incredible. Like she's, I I think very like handles the situation pretty well and like perseveres and like you know comes out of it stronger. And I just I really mm-hmm. I enjoy Skylar a lot. <laughs>
0: yeah i mean she's one of the most sympathetic characters on the show i think besides like jesse i guess
1: yeah um I, and, I and, and uh you know uh flynn their son it's like when people like uh barney stinson a lot you ever talk to like a boy ever um they're like oh yeah i love <laughs> barney stinson like he's my hero it's like really like barney stinson is your hero the man's like, like this guy he's an asshole and like sad inside and the show like goes out of its way to show you that uh, it's mm-hmm. it's just sort of like looking at it as a base level thing i think that's what happens a lot with th- those three opinions it's sort of just like looking at it and like already having it i don't know i just don't like it yeah yeah um, i agree we're a little bit off anyways as you were what are you talking about
0: no i i think that i think that's fairly essential to like talking about the show um you know you know um yeah, that's that's kind of all I have to say, actually.
1: Oh, okay. Well, one thing, if you're done with with the show and the El Camino, one thing I would highly recommend—I'm not sure if you've done it—is mm-hmm. is the mini sets. It'll take you. Probably, the mini
0: sets—I didn't know these existed. Probably
1: less than an hour. They're really well made, and they're sometimes very funny and uh, just good. They're not—I wouldn't say insightful, which I is another thing I look for in mini things. Um, but they are fun. So. Mm-hmm. What I yeah, I mean I've told you this five what times a,
0: already. What kind of what kind of thing am I looking at here?
1: So really random. One of the, the the one that sticks out in my mind the most is um, uh, Walt talking to Hank before Hank is about to get married to Marie. Huh. Like, isn't that a weird little? There's another one that's sort of totally random where Walt has lost all of his money because he was hiding it in the vacuum, and has to team up with Badger to steal it back from an old lady, <laughs> who, who has no idea. Um they're like super fun things like that i always oh there's one that's like just jesse's band like just just the band like being a band Mm -hmm. um funny things like that uh i always i always tell everyone this but a minisode i need is is walt um how walt poisoned brock's um you know (laughs) lunch or whatever (laughs) that would be i think the perfect minisode because it would be sort of inside to the show without breaking the 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 flow you know yeah,
0: one of the uh, one of the funniest things I find about El Camino, um, this is this is like you know no real problem, uh, but they they just avoid showing Brock on screen. They Brock? Um, I hate they, Brock. They write him off <laughs> just because like you know the actor is obviously like way older.
1: Yeah. Do Brock? I don't like him. A lot of people like Brock. I don't like Brock, dude. He's
0: what's I, uh, what's your issue with Brock? He's, I guess that a
1: child. probably mainly his name is Brock. That's my probably my main problem, <laughs> <laughs> and that no one makes fun of him for that. I guess
0: uh, that's he's, what the, he's a child. <laughs> I, I know. I just I really
1: don't like Brock, and I, I don't I really don't know why either. But I just I have no sympathy for Brock.
0: <laughs> okay then, uh, Nick, do you have a do you have a wise quote for us to close with the show? I do. It's
1: an old English proverb. Um, and then I think next week I'll, I'll, I'll move into only quoting Confucius ever. But um, John okay. Haywood's, I, I can't really, you know, it's one of these old sayings, but supposedly from the internet, it's in John Haywood's book of Proverbs from, you know, the 16th century. Uh, and it's a classic. Ready? Are you ready? Sure. He who laughs, last laughs best. Ha ha ha. Hmm. Ha ha ha. It's a good one.
0: Thank you for listening to Out of Our Heads, a pop culture podcast from the minds of Joe Bortner and Nick Protopapis. You can contact us at outofourheadspod at gmail.com. My Twitter handle is at Joby underscore draws. You can read my finished webcomic, Aeronaut, at joe-b-draws.com. Uh As always, Nick has nothing to promote. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. It would really help with the show. Bye.